This is the first inaugural pod for Rock Talk, where we're going to talk about basketball, from NBA to grassroots, anything at all. And this is, um, for this first pod, we are going to have a former college teammate and roommate and longtime friend, Austin Mueller, joining the pod. Hey, Andrew, good good to be on the show, man. I, I feel honored, the, the first guest, wow. Well, we go back so we go back for so long that you know it was only fitting after all the uh, fights and discussions we'd have and arguments, uh, whether it was video games related or it was on the court or off the court or whatever it was. Um, yeah, it was it was only justifiable that we'd uh, have you for the first two episodes for a two-parter. And uh, I still remember <laughs> um, on a random side note story. Uh, I can't remember if it was PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3, but I remember one night I went to bed and you started like a fantasy or a dynasty mode. And then I got up at like 7 a.m. the next morning and you had simulated all night and you'd gone like 15 years or something on your dynasty mode and you were just going to bed. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I've done that a few times. I, <laughs> I, I, I Now, later in life with different priorities, I can't get away with doing that. Not that I would if I could, but actually I don't... I think we gave away my damn uh, PlayStation 4 to my one of my nephews, and so I can't even do that if I wanted to now. So uh, <laughs> it's probably for the best, so that you can actually pull down a job. Like that. A lot of fun, though. A lot of fun. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, so today we're going to talk about the NBA draft lottery. It's on Tuesday, June twenty second, and it is one of the most impactful one in years. There's so many different things that can happen. So I'm just going to run through a little bit. First, and then Oz and I are gonna are gonna talk about it as we uh, as we see what might happen with the teams, as well as what we're hoping for. So Houston finished with the worst record, so the worst pick they can get is fifth. Their top four protected is their pick, but if it goes to fifth, then it goes to OKC, and OKC would then trade swap that pick with the Miami pick, which is like seventeenth or eighteenth. There's a forty-seven point nine percent chance that Houston loses their pick, and it goes to OKC for fifth overall. There's also the Minnesota pick, which has happened in the D'Angelo Russell-Andrew Wiggins trade from last year, and it's top three protected. So Golden State, uh, sorry, Minnesota only has a 27.6% chance of keeping their pick, and that means that Golden State has over a 70% chance of getting this pick this year, and it's got a 50% chance it's going to be sixth or seventh. And then the other one that's really in play is Chicago. So they made the trip, uh, the trade with um, Orlando for Nikola Vucevic. And this year their pick is top four protected. They finished with the uh, eighth or ninth worst record. We'll go over it here in a second. So there's a 70% chance that it goes to Orlando, but there's a 20% chance that it stays in the top four and it stays with Chicago. All of these things could have huge implications because Chicago's traded its future. So this could be its last pick for a while if they get to keep it. Um, the rest of the full order um, for worst record is Houston, Detroit, and Orlando are the worst three teams. And they all have a 14% chance of getting the first pick. Then we have Oklahoma City and Cleveland, 11 and a half. And then we have Minnesota, Toronto, Chicago, Sacramento, New Orleans, Charlotte, San Antonio, Indiana, and the last but not least is Golden State with a 0.5% chance of getting the first overall pick. Now, we both know if Golden State gets it, 
the league is clearly rigging this thing <laughs> to give uh, the Golden Boy Steph one more run at a title. <laughs> they can't win the lottery, can they, man? Well, it's funny you say that. Like, we'll talk about this in a little bit, what we want for our dream scenario with the draft lottery. But I'm, as a little foreshadowing, I'm actually pulling for Golden State to move in that top four. And I'll explain everything that a little bit later. But right now we're going to start by going through what it would mean for each team to win the draft lottery. So we're going to start with the worst team, the Houston Rockets. So, Oz, what do you think, why do you think it would be important or what would it mean if the Houston Rockets were able to get the first overall pick? Well, looking at the Rockets' uh, roster now, they're uh, they're obviously a team in flux. They don't, they don't really have a, a direction other than to suck, which they did really well this year. Um, like they got a banged up John Wall, they got a banged up Eric Gordon. Both those guys, they owe both those guys a lot of money, especially John Wall. Um, they do have a couple bright spots. I'm I'm high on Christian Wood. He's 25, um, and He's on a reasonable contract, not a long-term contract, but reasonable. And, and I think he's a, a guy that's shown that he's improved uh, year to year, especially uh, being featured this year. Had a hard time staying healthy, which helped Houston suck and get this draft position, well, potential draft position. But I think he's a potential building block. Uh, outside of that, you might uh, there's a flyer in Kevin Porter Jr., high high talent, but questionable character. He's had a had a pretty tough past so they got some uh, reclamation projects that they're trying in houston and to see if it pans out either way if they get the draft they win this thing they bring in Cade cunningham and now they got uh, someone to steer the ship and to build around see it would be really interesting if houston didn't win it so like if they get the first pick then they have a john wall Cade cunningham issue at the point guard and you say you could say Kate Cunningham can play the two, and it's such a guard-dominant league now. But with Eric Gordon and everybody else like that, I think they would be really compelled to trade John Wall. Well, how are you trading that contract? Well, that's Come the on. thing. So they have to attach a pick to it, which they're not going to do because they need all those picks. But that's why Christian Wood, I think, is his value is the highest it could possibly be right now. And I don't think he's ever going to be any better than he is right now in the eyes of the NBA. So if I were them, I would try and do like a three-way deal or get a pick for Christian Wood and then attach that pick and send it to uh, whoever to take the John Wall contract or just buy John Wall out. But then maybe you want his veteran leadership. But I don't know. I don't think he's going to have good veteran leadership. I think he's just going to be bitter. You got two more years of John Wall at $50 million or whatever. Yeah, 44 and 47, I think, is what the, the two numbers are. So that's $87 million for two years. So they're not going to buy him out. And the owner there is like, with the pandemic, he's so cheap and he'll never do it. Well, yeah, he's he's restaurant business guy, right? So yeah, exactly. He was leading money this last couple of years. So I think they should try and do Christian Wood. I think he's at $13 million. So I think it was a three-year... $40 million deal with a third year being option. So yeah, you got 28 more, 28 million more to go. But I think the last year, like you mentioned is, is an option. So if he's playing well, he's going to opt out and try to get more money on the open market. Yeah. And you know, they can throw into some team, him and John wall might be enough of an attraction, attractive package. And it's going to come up later. Like I'm going to throw some trades at Oz a bit later. And I, there's some teams I think that would want to potentially take John Wall, because he's not he wasn't that bad this year. He's just a bit slower and is not as good as he was with his athleticism depleting after and he's his banged up as usual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you trade when John Wall's high value. And the dream scenario would be throwing Eric Gordon in a deal too. Oh boy. That's a lot of salary, man. <laughs> but Eric no no, I know Eric Gordon will never get traded. I think he's he signed like a 
four, like I think a five year, $70 million deal or something like that. Like He's I think there's 37 million left on his, on his contract. Yeah. Look at that. That is an albatross. Like everyone says John Wall's deal is worse. Eric Gordon shoots well, but he's going to decline and he's already losing athleticism. But I don't know if you've like watched a lot of Houston games. His scowl's getting even more aggressive as he gets older. Every time he doesn't get what he wants, he just like, scowls even harder at the refs because he's so used to getting a call, cause, but his athleticism has depleted. He doesn't realize that in his head. So he reminds me of like Paul Pierce near the end of his career when he like his ego was still huge, but his like athleticism and skills were diminished. Yeah, their brain is still there, but the, the, <laughs> the physical skills, father time's undefeated. And, and I feel bad for all these guys that are getting injured or banged up or just losing a step at the end since uh, I'm a washed up old man myself. Yeah. Uh, so the next team we're going to look at is Detroit. So what do you think it would mean if Detroit was able to pull off the the winning at the draft lottery or get the number one pick in the draft yeah. lottery? Detroit needs something <laughs> between uh, them being just terrible for the last few. I guess they made the, they made a, an eight seed run with the Blake Griffin squad and they got bounced early by the bucks, but like, they have not have not had anything to cheer for for ages. And this is a this is a storied franchise under Isaiah Thomas way back when they back to back champs and and uh, another finals appearance there. And then and then uh, they made some noise uh, with that team that knocked out the Lakers with with Big Ben and Chauncey Billups and Rip and those guys and, and my guy Rashid. Uh, man, they have, they've had some great teams, but just terrible luck, terrible luck. And uh Right now they're in total rebuild mode. <laughs> they got, I don't know who who they have that's any good on their roster even, other than uh, a couple of rookies and then Buddy from Denver there. Um, the only guys on their roster that I would even like care about is Isaiah Stewart, who they drafted this year. Who's, yeah, I like Stewart. He's a grinder. He can yeah, he's like a 6'9 role player, like 6'9", 6'10", center role player that just goes out and like beats the crap out of guys. He actually, so he no wonder you like him. He plays dead. just like you did, basically. He's just like a wrecking yeah. ball. <laughs> yeah, he's a big he's a big boy and he's aggressive, but like he's a good role player, like I said. Sadiq Bey can knock some shots down. They got... Uh, yeah, so Sadiq, the other two guys with high potential are like Sadiq Bey and then Sikyu... Dukum Boa. I don't know how to say his last his name, but he was drafted oh, yeah, the last guy year. They traded from. Uh, they got him from OKC. I'm not sure. No, like he they drafted him, but I'm not sure if they traded that pick or not. But they got him in the 2019 draft. Oh, I was I was thinking about that uh, the jumper they got from OKC. Oh, oh yeah, uh, Hamo Diallo. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, the athleticism guy. But yeah, he'll be gone in a year or two when his contract runs out. And then they have the epitome of. Bad team, big stats, bad team, and Jeremy Grant right now. Well, you, you got to give Jeremy a little credit for betting on himself and uh, and putting up those big stats. Like he's, you still got to get the buckets, even given the opportunity. But you're right; like you're not winning a game if he's your best player. But yeah, maybe he could be a number two or a three. But yeah, if he's the man, you're going to be lottery bound every single year. So, like, I don't know if you remember the Raptors in 2005, but uh, Mike James took over the point, and Vince Carter had been traded after that horrendously bad trade to the Nets. I still remember to this day how bad it was. <laughs> well, he sandbagged his way out. Oh, and then God. the morning wouldn't even show up. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, like, Rob Babcock's like, yeah, I'm getting two All-Stars and all this. Like, oh, my God. What am Anyways. No, uh, no need to rant on uh, stupid Rob Babcock. Who I don't know if you know, but he's like an assistant general manager. I figure which team, but he's actually been around the league and stuff. And uh, if he's in Detroit, though, like I'm, whatever, t- I, I cheer against him just because he screwed over the franchise for so long because of those deals. 
And then uh, drafting uh, Rafael Arujo. Oh, God. Anyways, he, um, because the team was so bad, they brought in Mike James to run the point. And Mike James averaged 20 points a game that year. And then he was going to be a free agent. And in the offseason, he's like wanting a big deal and no one's giving it to him. And because he was on a terrible team and just somebody had to score the points, somebody had to put up uh, shots. And his next highest total after that was like 7.8 points a, uh, a game or something like that. And that's what reminds me of Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant's a better player than Mike James was. But it still reminds me, like, Jeremy Grant should be putting up like 12, 13 points, 14 points a game as a third or fourth fiddle on a good team. You know what I mean? Like, if you put ideal. him in Golden State as the fourth or fifth guy, that would be great. Yeah, in an ideal situation. But he didn't He didn't want that. He, he actually basically uh, took the same amount of money that was offered in Denver in Detroit to be the man. Yeah. So this, uh, he's, he's given himself a chance to, to have a chance to, to be an all-star and, and to get paid like an all-star in the future. So good for him at the same time, watching at playoff time every year is going to suck for a bit. So if they win the lottery, that speeds up their chances. Uh, Cause he's not a franchise guy, but he could be a good second or third wheel. They win the lottery getting, Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley, even if they get second pick, Mobley would fit in great again, right next to Stewart. He can be the finesse big and Stewart can be the grinder, or they can just base everything around uh, Mobley because I think he's that kind of talent. Yeah. The other guy I forgot that Detroit has is Killian Hayes. Oh, so, yeah. like, he was all banged up though. He has good potential. But yeah. So, but it's funny because um, the guy at the ringer, what's his name? Uh, oh, KOC, Kevin O'Connor. Yeah. Kevin O'Connor freaking just loved. Killian Hayes like was on and on about Killian Hayes, and then well, Killian Hayes gets he had a lead. lot of potential, but then the guy got injured. So like, we'll yeah, but like he can't shoot. That that's the biggest problem is he doesn't shoot well. He's a, he can slash and stuff, and uh, so we'll wait and see what happens with him. Um, but then I went back and looked at like Kevin O'Connor's like previous choices on stuff like that, and he's like, oh, Muhammad Bamba, amazing, like all these other guys, and like he's got all these. <laughs> I, was, I, I was big on Mo Bamba too. <laughs> so was I though. I'm like I'm just saying Kevin O'Connor's track record right now. Um, and if Kevin O'Connor for some reason is listening to this, well, okay. Anyways, uh, we'll, we'll see. Hope maybe his, he'll pan out this year with his, his predictions. The next team, uh, third in, uh, the lottery of getting the first overpick pick is Orlando. So what do you think it would mean for Orlando to get the first overall pick? Well, Orlando, they, that's been kind of a snake bitten organization. They've, they've been close a couple of times, the, the Shaq and Penny era, they were, they were close. They they got they end up getting swept by the Rockets that one final. But if Nick Anderson doesn't brick four free throws in a row and they don't lose in overtime in that game one, maybe maybe they have the confidence to to take that series deeper or or maybe they win that series. And uh, and then the year after Horace Grant gets injured and they're and they they miss they miss it. of course Michael Jordan returned and the Bulls did their thing and Shaq ran away to L.A. and <laughs> Orlando sucked for a while. They sucked long enough to get Dwight Howard, and then they got good again. And, of course, the, he turned into a Dwight Mayor. He ended up leaving to L.A. as well. And uh, so they've been to the finals twice, and they haven't won. They need another big franchise guy. They, they don't, they're not a free agent destination. They're, uh, their trade track record, eh, iffy. But uh, they're drafting lately. It's just like, man, they just get some kind of a bunch of ho-hum guys, but no one to build around. So they got to hit big. And uh, at the top of this lottery, I think he can hit big. So if they win it, they're right back in that, right back in the mix. But 
Otherwise, they're not going to get the free agent and they're not probably not going to trade for it because I don't see their assets being that tantalizing. So this is their best chance to get a franchise guy. Uh, absolutely. Like they, no one wants to sign there. And like their drafting, as you talked about, has been horrendous. Like, well, they're not horrendous. Like the guys aren't that bad, but like they do better when they go somewhere else. The one thing though is like Tankathon 2022, they will be number one. Like they will be probably have one of the top two or three worst records because they are just going to do everything they can to try and get more talent. And but they like their young core isn't that bad depending how it turns out. Like they got Cole Anthony in the draft this year. They got Jonathan Isaac from a few years ago, and he'll sign a big extension this summer. They got Markel Fultz for the next few years. They have like Mo Bamba if he turns into something. And they got in that uh, Vucevic deal, they got Wendell Carter Jr., who hasn't looked great so far, but he hasn't like maybe he just needs a little yeah, bit more time. Maybe and they can they can do the old uh center by committee and uh, patch it together, but they're not getting much plus minutes out of any of those guys. They can survive with those guys, but they're not going to like, it's not like a Vucevic who they traded away, who was a plus center. These guys are, you can survive with them, but you're not going to, you're not going to move the needle that much. No. And like Terrence Ross will be out of there so fast because he's got, I think one year left and he might bring some value of some sort. And He's not going to be there long term, so I think they'll trade him for sure this off season. Yeah, well, they need Isaac, who's probably their best player remaining, to get healthy because he's a good two way guy, and he kind of reminds me of a like a black Andre Kirilenko kind of guy. He's really good defensively. <laughs> Maybe doesn't have like the the passing chops of Kirilenko, but he's but he can do a little bit of everything. He's one of those guys that might get a five 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 and five, right? <laughs> yeah. He's definitely so, a better scorer than Kirilenko for sure. Not as yeah. good a playmaker, but yeah. So like they got they got a couple talent, but the guy just can't stay healthy. Fultz has some talent, couldn't stay healthy. Like they got, it's a it's a real like you said they're going to be uh, most likely uh, in the lottery again. But hell, if they if they land Cade Cunningham or or something, even a I don't know, even a Jalen Suggs later, like they have, they own all their draft picks. So even if they slide a bit, they, they're still going to get a good player because what they're guaranteed top six or seven. Uh, so yeah, they're guaranteed top seven, but that would have to have four picks go ahead of there. So realistically, they'll get probably fourth or fifth, um, sixth kind of at the worst though. If you look at their draft lottery, the last like three or four years, they've always like stayed or dropped. They never usually move up. So this guy should be good for Orlando because they've had like that huge draft lottery when they won back-to-back first overall picks in 93, 94. But since, and then obviously Dwight Howard in 2004, but they, since then they haven't, uh, they haven't had tons and tons of luck with it. So the one thing that would be interesting is if Orlando gets the first overall pick, do they take Cade Cunningham? Because here are some of the young guards they have on their roster. They got Cole Anthony, they got um, Markel Fultz, they have RJ Hampton, they have Gary Harris, who's got one year left, and they have Terrence Ross. They have Jonathan Isaac, who are like are all swings or guards. Do they? But up front, they're pretty small, especially with they basically have Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba. So, do they take Evan Mobley? Well, it, it's, it'd be tempting. It'd be tempting to take a, a center. Some some people are really high on Mobley, and and a lot of people think it's a, a two person race. I don't personally. I, I'm going to go with. With Cade, who's, uh, uh, I believe, a much more well-rounded player, better suited for modern basketball, being a perimeter where the game's dominated by perimeters now. And uh, I'll take 
I'll take Cade. You can still guard a three man with him because he's big dude. He's like six seven, six eight. So he can have the ball and uh, you can play him with the other guards and he can just guard the guard the small forward. So I, I'm I'm fine taking them taking Cade there. I think he has the highest upside as well. I think he makes people better. And uh, they can always ship one of those guys out like those. If if it's not a fit, send them send them packing because I think Cade has the best the highest the highest potential in this draft. So you want a franchise guy? He's the, he's the guy. But if they settle on Mobley or maybe if they get second, that's not a bad booby prize. He's he's still awesome. Yeah, I think no. it's a big drop off after those two though. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. So like, well, we'll we'll talk about that here coming up with a few of the draft prospects, but. Um, I think Detroit and Houston definitely takes Cunningham. I don't think there's any debate. I think Orlando could possibly take Mobley. That's all I was thinking of. The next one we're looking at is Oklahoma City. So Oklahoma City can't get the first overall pick with Houston, as we said before, but they can get their own pick and move up to get first overall. What would it do for Oklahoma City to get that first overall pick? Wow. So if they, if they land the number one and they steal Houston, if it drops to like, five or six or something like that to five. It would be five. Yeah. They would be set. Like they, it was just a year ago. They're in the playoffs with this young core plus Chris Paul. So if they added (laughs) Cade Cunningham, who's out of OKC right now. So obviously their, their whole motto was fade for Cade. They're they're This is what they're praying for. They were probably cursing every win. They got down the stretch when uh, I think Lou Dort got hot a few games and they won a couple games like no but uh well did you see them yeah, like deer down the stretch to uh shea gilgis alexander was like i'm doing air quotes but he was uh had like a foot injury for the last like 25 games because they were winning too much <laughs> well i don't know i think i think sgas is legit because he's not playing for team canada either unless the OKC's told him just like, hey man, we, we got a lot of money invested in you. Just take this take this summer off. Oh, is he not <laughs> playing for Team Canada? Around, but, uh, no, we're, we don't have Murray or SGA, so I'm a little worried about us. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I well, knew we, Murray we was going to be this, gone. Uh, last chance tournament. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, last chance tournament. We got to beat China, Turkey, uh, a couple of Uruguay, a couple other uh, Greece with. If Giannis plays, then we could be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, Although he's not a great international player, but he's still he's still a problem, obviously. Can, but can you imagine a backcourt with Cunningham Anyways, uh, and Gilders okay, Alexander? Whew. Oh, that'd be dope. And then you have uh, Pokashevsky. Ended up with a fifth pick as well. Yeah, if they ended up with that too, that could just be a flyer. <laughs> but like Pokashevsky would just like yeah, Cunningham would actually be a good fit because like they have all these guys that want to score and they got like good defenders like. If OKC wins this first pick and like gets the fifth pick, but we'll talk about that after, like they could be a powerhouse dynasty. They could be the same spot they were in in like 2011, 2012 when they had like Harden, Westbrook, and Durant. And it would just come up to be if they want to pay money when it comes time, but they could just be freaking loaded. Never mind the picks coming down the line here from uh, <laughs> from Houston yes. and, uh, and uh, LA Clippers. Yeah, they they're loaded for picks for sure, they, and and they can swerve and go another direction. They can, they obviously if they get the number one, they're they're going to take it because they want Cade. But if they if they have another high pick and they just like man, we want to pair pair them with a, a, another superstar right now and get an established vet to mentor, they have the assets to trade for pretty much anyone who comes available they'll probably <laughs> they'll get the first at bat because they have the most assets well and if you look at the history like sam presti 
has done an outstanding job. I would argue that he's been the best, or if not one of the best, two or three GMs in the league of the past decade. So other than uh, the, the the hardened the hardened deal, which is an albatross that hangs over that organization, <laughs> it, that might have been uh, pressured from above. Who knows if he was handcuffed on that one. Uh, picking Serge Ibaka over him. <laughs> well, yeah, but like they, they, I have a feeling that like they didn't think Harden was going to be that good. But like from everything that I've heard and read and talked to people that know, like people that were like training with Harden and stuff, like he was legit back then. So I think it was an ownership thing. It's like we're not spending the money, and they're like, well, we need a big yeah. to rebound and block shots. And then so he might like obviously made a mistake there. But other that than that, in the era where. Perkins and Serge Ibaka shared the floor like it was yeah. still the land of the dinosaurs. So different era today. Obviously, that would never happen. They would have been rolling with uh, Westbrook and KD forever, and, and maybe they maybe they trade Russell Westbrook instead. Yeah, like that's what like if we went down. What if what they should have done? That's obviously what they should have done. It would have been for sure way better. Um, on a side note here, going back, I just like was googling Rob Babcock because like I wonder what team he's on. I'm going to cheer against them. So he was with Minnesota, but then he got fired from there in 2016. And then unfortunately, he actually passed away in um, 2019 from pancreatic cancer. Oh, damn. So, I had no clue. Yeah, no, neither did I. So I'm going to withdraw my previous criticisms. Like, you know, he, he didn't do a good job with the <laughs> Raptors. But of the dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, holy rest in peace sort of deal. Um, our next thing we're going to look at is Cleveland. But screw Stu Jackson, man. Screw that guy. Screwed over the Grizzlies. <laughs> <laughs> all this old that anger and hate yeah no he does he works in the nba we league can office hate on now. That guy. yeah <laughs> um so the next thing we're gonna look at is cleveland so what would it be for the Cavs to win it and this is gonna be really interesting yeah, if they the Cavs. Cavs too. they've won the lottery enough and they've botched the number one pick enough i don't think they would botch this one but uh they botched two in a row realistically if you look back oh uh, anthony they, bennett oh well, Anthony Bennett, obviously, like he's our good Canadian kid, but it definitely shouldn't have been number one in that draft. It was a weird draft. It was the Giannis draft. No one knew, but yeah. even if he just would have went Oladipo or there was some <laughs> obvious choices ahead of Bennett that would have helped him more. They they flipped Bennett in the uh, in the deal with Wiggins uh, to get, uh, but he didn't Kevin really Love. have that much value. No, get Kevin Love, but man, they could have had Embiid. And uh, <laughs> they could have had Embiid and Giannis if you really look at it. That that's silly. No one knew Giannis was going to be Giannis. No, no, and Embiid. I don't know if you remember, but he got injured in Kansas, and he was like, he would have yeah, gone number was, one if was, he wasn't injured. But everyone was petrified about what injury it could be. And if you don't remember, he didn't play for two years. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it would have been a waiting game for sure. And like, but if you're just looking at best player, Wiggins is still. A def- I'd have to look at that draft. I'm sure he's still a top five player from that draft. It wasn't. Wasn't. Uh, like there was some other big whiffs there at the top of the like uh yeah uh, Jab- Parker Jabari Parker went second yeah he yeah. went second so Milwaukee Milwaukee could have had uh, <laughs> Embiid and uh, Giannis too they could have had an all African front court anyways Cleveland I'm not cheering for them but man they could ever could they ever use uh, Evan Mobley on that team or Cade <laughs> or any or anybody because they have uh, a couple okay pieces but realistically. They're kind of in that Orlando zone where they uh, they have a bunch of uh, decent maybe sidekick guys, but nothing to the center of the franchise on. Yeah, um, I just for like drama and like storylines and stuff. I kind of 
wouldn't mind the Cavs winning it because you already have Sexland, like Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, the last two picks they've basically had in the draft, uh, in the lottery, in their backcourt. And then if you bring a Cade Cunningham in, then you're going to have these jostling for position. And like Colin Sexton's like, he believes he's one of the best players in the league. And like he had some, did some scoring, but again, he's on a bad team. So there can be some interesting. Those guys are both shoot first guys. Cade could actually help them, I think. Yeah, but it would be interesting, like who should get the ball. So it's 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 going to be dysfunction central. I don't want wish it on Cade Cunningham, but I think it would be entertaining from the storyline perspective. And the Cavs, I think, in my opinion, are the worst in the worst spot for any of the franchises in the entire NBA right now because they keep holding on to like somebody like Kevin Love, where they think he's an asset. It reminds me of like somebody that has an old car that's depreciated heavily. It's got rust everywhere, but they're like, no, no, it's still a good car. It's still a good car. Well, if you put a lot of work into it, or if you put Kevin Love with really good players, yeah, he's going to help. But they still want, they're asking for like multiple first round picks or a first round pick for Kevin Love. And they need to just basically. And the other teams are saying, no, you attach it to that <laughs> pick and we'll take on yeah. that salary. Or like, <laughs> I guarantee Houston was like, okay, you give us Kevin Love, we'll give you Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and then uh, Cleveland was like, no, you got to give us more picks. So, yeah, uh, I think it would just be interesting from the storylines if Cleveland uh, was able to win. What about if Minnesota won the first overall pick? Mini, man, they that that could that's that's an interesting one too because they have uh, Russell and Towns, which are essentially the two positions of the top two players. But maybe um, Mobley could probably play with Towns, but they're pretty, they're, there's really a lot of similarities there. And would uh, an established guy like Russell want to defer to Cade? So maybe they they do a, a classic Minnesota thing and, and uh, trade down or something, but you'd hope that they would just still take the franchise guy and Cade or Mobley and, and figure it out. But I don't have a whole lot of faith in Minnesota making great decisions either. Well, I think they would definitely take Cade Cunningham, and then they're going to have Russell, Cade Cunningham, and Anthony Edwards. Even though Anthony Edwards is 6'5", he'll play the three, basically. And that's what they would roll with. This is Minnesota's last chance, really, to get a good player. So if they keep their pick, it's got to be in the top three. So that means they got a good chance at one of those two guys or the third pick. If they don't convey it, Golden State gets unprotected next year, which could be crazy because... Um, they, I don't know if you know, his name's Chet Holmgren. He's signed with Gonzaga. He's a top player. He's seven, two, he's seven, like yeah, a, skinny white boy. I've, I've seen skinny him. white boy. Yeah. So he's from Minnesota and so is Jalen Suggs. So like, of course there's that Minnesota connection. They're like, well, if they get the third pick, then they would take Jalen Suggs, which might be good. But if they, uh, don't get the, a good pick this year and then they are seventh, eighth, ninth next year. They're going to be stuck in that mediocrity and they're not going to get good players. And Russell's not going to be like, Russell's so overrated in my opinion. Well, the bright side is at the end of the year for unknown reasons, Minnesota lost there. But they showed uh, showed some flashes of what they could be. The West is crazy. If Minnesota like can hold it together and stay healthy and can become like a, a threat to the play. They have so many good teams in the West. There's realistically, they could turn around. They have the, uh, the potential to turn around. Well, we got to see, but the, the fans there, they're probably like, man, they're loving it because they're winning, but at the same time, they're, they're hating it because they're losing their, their draft uh, potential. But I guess with the, the odds, it's not quite as, uh, as lopsided as it used to be for, 
for the worst teams compared to the middle of the pack team. So they have a decent shot still, but would have been nice to see them uh, locked in uh, in their tank. Yeah. Um, they, they won like, I think like six, their last like eight or nine games or something like that. And they were like, they were scheduled to get like the second or third worst record. And they ended up with like the sixth, I think is what it was. Sixth or seventh. Uh, it was, it was the yeah, sixth, sixth worth record. Um, but he was gunning for that rookie of the year, but LaMelo got it anyways. Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Well, like see, Anthony Edwards is like epitomizes what Minnesota is. All this talent, oozing athleticism, you think they'd be so good, and then they just fall flat. Like, they had that really good core with Wiggins and Zach Levine and Towns. And then they got, they chipped out Levine because Tom Thibodeau was like, we're going to win now, we're going to get Jimmy Butler. And then they've obviously shifted down there, trying to keep Carl Anthony Towns happy. But if they have another losing year next year, and I think after that he's got like two years left that are guaranteed, um maybe three at the most, and then he's going to start wanting out. He's going to be disgruntled. And then Minnesota's back to square one, or they're going to have D'Angelo Russell's huge contract and then him playing no defense and standing there just throwing up crap shots. Like, Minnesota, this is incredibly important for Minnesota if they want to add any more talent in the next few years and try to keep Carl Anthony Towns for them to keep their pick in the top three this year. I I wouldn't mind them getting it because there's a good chance Minnesota ends up in Seattle. And that's a lot closer to where I live. <laughs> so if they get a great player, I could go down and watch some uh, supersonic games, the former Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> okay, we're putting on relocation stuff now. Well, uh, that's A-Rod's there now, right? And he's either they've been teasing that kind of rumor, but who knows who knows what'll happen. I'm like I've never been to Minnesota, but like Seattle, like it's close to us, and I would be very happy if a team was back in Minnesota, or hell, Vancouver would be even better. But I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon until expansion comes. Okay, now is the next biggest, most important team in the draft. I'm very biased, but the Toronto Raptors have a 7.5% chance to get the first overall pick. I'm really hoping they pull it off. What would it mean for Toronto to get the first overall pick? Toronto? Well, with Masai... Toronto, like I got, I have faith in Masai. I'm not going to doubt him. He'll make the right call. He'll get the right guy. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to bring in Cade. They're going to be awesome again because he'll, he'll do some pull, pull some uh, trades out of his ass and <laughs> do some win now stuff. And then Toronto will be right back where they were uh, threatening in the East. So if they can pull this off, they'd have uh, Lowry would probably come back on a team friendly contract if they ended up doing this. So that'd be nice for them too. You'd have a great Cade would have that great mentor in Lowry. Uh, Siakam could go back to being a, a third fiddle, which he's much better at. And uh, who knows who they could get uh, trading Van Fleet. Probably he's got a big contract, but he'd take all he, the minutes wouldn't be there for Van Fleet unless, unless Kyle walked, of course, but yeah, uh, Toronto, my, my brother Joel would be pretty pumped. I'm not a Raptors guy, but man, they would uh, they'd be back in the top half of the east for sure with this with this win. I think if they get Cade Cunningham and they can get keep Lowry. Now Lowry's probably wanting at least two years and fifty million, like two twenty-five a year, twenty to twenty-five a year probably. And they'll and then they got they got OG Ananobi, they got Siakam, they have Van Vliet. And I would say Van Vliet's no, Van Vliet for a center. 
That's no, but that's the, that's the one thing they need as a center. So then you start saying, well, they should take Evan Mobley, and I really hope they don't. I would hope they take Cade Cunningham. They got a three-guard rotation, and like you talked about, the mentorship from Lowry to Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham is going to be so good after being with Kyle Lowry for a year or two, and Fred Van Vliet, like his his entire mental approach is is impeccable and like the betting on himself and the chip on his shoulder and stuff like those two guys would be awesome for Kate Cunningham and he already got everything on the wings and everything else set and then if they re-sign Gary Trent who's a restricted free agent they just need to get a center and they could be a top four team in the east in my opinion like they it would be so so huge the quickest pivot from being crap to so good so fast their small ball lineups would be amazing because they could roll out uh if they kept Van Fleet, Lowry, Van Fleet, Cade, uh, OG, who can easily play the power forward, and they could roll Siakam at the, at the small ball five, and they could just run teams to death and, and bomb threes. Yeah, and it would be like a battle with them and the Nets would be interesting because Toronto's going to play better defense than the Nets, but it's going to be a lot of three-point shooting and just like running gun, and then I think it would be a really good matchup. But I, I don't know any team. Like the Nets would probably be better than them. Philly's going to lose to them. Um, Milwaukee's well we're gonna talk about Philly Milwaukee later in the next pod here but like they're they're gonna self-implode probably and then Boston's not gonna be that good like there's no other teams and New York like there's no other teams that compete like Toronto could definitely be a top two or three seed again it'd be great um and they and you got to trust Nurse as a coach he's he's uh, established himself as uh, a top a top coach in the league to get the best out of his guys oh absolutely I think he's top two or top three top five for sure in the league right now now, Chicago. Chicago, if they move to the top four, they keep their pick. Otherwise, it goes to Orlando. So what would it mean for Chicago to get the first overall pick? Well, they kind of went all in this uh, right before uh, pulling that trade to get Vuce to pair, pair him with Zach Levine. So they got two guys as established uh, all-stars that, uh, that can get, get things done. Now they got to fill in uh, around the edges. Zach Levine, I don't think he's a point guard. He's a scorer, right? But he's been forced to to do a bit more playmaking than he than he should. So having him with Cade, well, that'd be that'd be awesome. That that pick and roll, Cade and uh, and Vuce, and uh, having Zach on the wing to attack, man, that'd be deadly. And uh, if if they can do this. They're they're because they were sniffing the playoffs a little bit. They kind of tried to hang on forever, and uh, and to get in, they, they I think they definitely vault into a, a playoff seed, probably a battling with like the Celtics and the in like the the second tier four or five kind of area if they can get this. But man, I think they're gonna whiff, and I think they're gonna struggle for a lot of years because that trade I think set them back a long time unless they hit. So if they hit, they're laughing. If they miss, I think they're screwed. I couldn't agree more. If they don't, if they keep their pick top four, they get another good player and they add something to this. If that player that they take, if they do keep it whiffs or like they have all this money tied up, they have all these players, like they have Colby White, who's still pretty young and he's like another guard to run with Levine and stuff, but they don't have much. And they got these huge contracts with um, Vucevic and Levine now. They're not a big free agent destination, and they don't have the cap space anyways. If they lose their pick, 
They're going to improve next year. They're going to be like, they're going to be the previous Orlando where they were battling for six, seven, eight seeds and getting bounced in the first round. And if they happen to win a game or two, it was like a, a monumental success for the season. That's the best they can hope for right now, unless they add a top tier talent. Now, if they add Cade Cunningham, well, now you've got a third star that will eventually become their first star. And they can actually be a very competitive team in the East. So I think this is incredibly important for Chicago to be able to have a chance to, if they can win this or get the top two or three pick. Yeah. Cause like the, the all-stars they have right now, they're, they're not like starting the all-star game all-stars. They're, they're fringe all-stars. Let's be honest. And, uh, yeah. and you can't, you can't win a, in the playoffs with fringe type all-stars. You need like the guy. And I think Cade could be that guy. Yeah. There are two, there are two all-stars where the 11th and 12th additions to the East. So the basically the last two guys are eligible for the all-star game. Um, the next team we're going to look at is Sacramento. <laughs> I just can't help laughing. Uh, what would it, what would it mean where Sacramento could win the lottery? Man, they'll, they'll screw it up. They, <laughs> maybe not. They actually, they drafted really well last year. They got Hallie Burton, which slid past my sons and a bunch of other teams. And, uh, I think he was third in rookie of the year voting this year. So, so Sacramento did well in the draft last year. They, Man, I don't know if they need Cade when when the team's built around Fox, but it won't it wouldn't hurt them. That's for sure. They they'd be might be a team that would uh, that could we'd be tempted by Mobley, I think, because like they their big guys have whiffed year after year, and uh, and I think that that pick and roll with Fox and Mobley would be pretty sweet. So they might be tempted to go Mobley, but um, yeah, they think. <laughs> They should be praying for it because, man, they're they're in the West and they need a miracle. They're kind of like a uh, Minnesota situation where they could be good. They always tease it for a little stretch. They'll win like four or five in a row and like, oh, man, Sacramento, are they for real? And, and then they inevitably go back to who they are and start sucking again. So, uh, yeah, I don't I think the contract wise, I think they're locked into a lot of big contracts uh, as well. So a lot of money. So if. If they miss here, uh, it might be another reboot. I think they've—they're uh, the longest without hitting the playoffs now. I believe, aren't they? Yeah, I'm not too sure about that. They've been—it's been a while, but they, yeah, their their cap situation is. Asia and Weber were there. Yeah, like their cap situation is horrendous. So Fox is getting an extension here soon, and Heels making 25 million, Barnes is making 22 million. They've whiffed on the Bagley deal and is in drafting Bagley and he wants out and they kind of want to move on. So I think if they did get number one, they would not take Kate Cunningham. They would take Mobley. And I feel bad for Mobley because if, as far as I'm concerned, if Sacramento drafts him, Mobley is going to be injury prone and terrible for his first few years. And he's going to move on from him. And then Kate Cunningham's <laughs> going to go too. Just because of the curse of Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, if Bagley goes anywhere else, like I watched Bagley at Duke, he looks good. And I think he still could be a decent player, but just getting in that dysfunction of Sacramento and, uh, and like Sacramento, they could have had De'Aaron Fox and Luka Doncic in their backcourt right now. And that would be one hell of a backcourt. Well, Phoenix could have too. So don't remind me about all these teams. That <laughs> missed on no, but at least like DeAndre Ayton made sense. He's a local guy. He went to the University of Arizona. That made sense. And they needed a center and they didn't, they, Devin Booker was in the backcourt. Like that, and I didn't, out a bit. I didn't agree out. with it. Like I still like, 
I said this before the draft, like Luca was going to be the best player, and obviously he has been. But DeAndre DeAndre Ayton hasn't been as bad of a pick. But Bagley, there was no reason to choose Bagley. I still don't know why they did it. And they have potentially set their like they like you said they they've set themselves up for another massive rebuild, depending on how this goes. I heard it was because Vladi had beef with uh, with Luke. Luca's dad or something silly. Those crazy Europeans, and you never know. Man. <laughs> you never know. Either way, probably blessed that uh, Vladi's gone now, and uh, they have some more competent guys in there uh, pulling the strings for the draft choices and that kind of thing. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, the next one would be really interesting, and I think it would just be like insane if New Orleans, who only has a four and a half percent chance, but if they won the lottery. Wow. Well, they, they got to go, they got to go Cade and, uh, and hope that their next coach is not anything like Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> that train <laughs> and, wreck. Uh, and you're talking about OKC being a potential dynasty. Uh, if, the, if everything goes right for them, well, this could be a potential dynasty with a, a Zion and Cade and, and Ingram, if you want to keep him or flip him for like a, a Bradley Beal or something like whatever the third star is, uh, that would be an amazing, uh, an amazing thing. I don't see that happening and the league might even be fishy and not let it happen. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's uh, that would be crazy though. Cause uh, right now their point guard situation, we're not sure what's going to happen with uh, Lonzo. They didn't offer him the, the extension. So He's going to be a restricted free agent, so we'll see if some team uh, prices him out of of uh, New Orleans, or or if he goes back there because they can match. And uh, otherwise, they have Bledsoe there, not high on him at all. He's kind of a, a he's just a contract at this point, and uh, so they can definitely use Cade. And it, one one thing it does do is it takes the ball out of Zion's hands a bit. He's kind of been point Zion lately where he just gets the ball and, and uh, everything runs through him, which I like because I'm a, I'm a big Barkley fan and I look at Zion as a, a Barkley 2.0. Um, potential of being even better. But how, how, who cares? You add more talent and you, and you figure it out later. And if you get the right coach, they'll make it work. So here, I'll just throw this at you. They get the first overall pick. They take Kate Cunningham. Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson don't really work together. So they take Zion, uh, Brandon Ingram. If Chicago moves up, unless they gets the third or fourth pick, they flip Brandon Ingram and maybe something else, or maybe the draft rights to, or sorry, the restricted rights to Lonzo Ball or whatever to Chicago for that third or fourth pick, or they have another pick in there, whatever it is. And then they get two top four picks and try to build a powerhouse in New Orleans around Zion. Because Zion is come out now that Zion's unhappy in New Orleans already after two years. So you put Cade Cunningham in like another top tier pick, like even like a Jalen Suggs or a Jalen Green. Like you put Jalen Green as like a freaking microwave coming off the bench, just like lighting it up, like Jamal Crawford 2.0. That would be a sick team. Cunningham, Jalen Green, and uh, Zion Williamson, all under cheap deals too. They have so much cap space. And you got Steven Adams setting huge picks for them all. <laughs> I don't want Adams anywhere near any lineups with Zion, man. Fine, you're a great offensive rebounding duo, but, man, you want a floor spacer with Zion. Get Adams out of there. I love Adams. Trade him away. Uh, I don't know. They just <laughs> signed him to a huge contract, though. Like, he was at, like, 20 million a year. And then 
David Griffin had like had a pretty good track record with stuff in Cleveland, but then he's like, okay, here's a three more years at 60 million or whatever it was, or 55 million. So he's going to be there for a while. I don't think they're going to trade him. So they should, they should try. I think that's a priority <laughs> to get rid of Bledsoe and Adams and get, and like those guys are still quality players, just not in that on the, on that roster. It just does not fit. Well, see, I, I would so, say Adams is a really good player and just not in a good spot right now, fit wise, but I don't think Bledsoe is valuable as much. Like he's, his contract's uh, huge. He was like 18 million a year. Yeah. He could be a good like regular season guy though, but man, he looked so bad in the playoffs for Milwaukee. I lost a lot of faith. <laughs> yeah, he looked he looked rough. It was it was real bad. Um, did you just hear that noise? Yeah, it was probably my computer. No, my no, it was my computer. I just didn't know if you heard it. I don't know if it went on the recording or not. Anyways, um, we'll have to edit that out. Okay, we got four teams left, then we'll do some other things. Um, so uh, we have four teams left. What if Charlotte won the lottery? Charlotte Hornets, man. Well, they got a, a nice building block right now with uh, Lamelo. Obviously, he's a future star, uh, a guy that makes guys better. People like playing with him. Like when he was on the floor, you can see the joy in his teammates. So uh, they have actually some marketability a bit. The league's kind of getting behind them, which is rare for Charlotte. Um, it would be a that'd be Jordan would be uh, loving life to to add another another body there. I think he's the guy that takes Mobley because uh, Cade and LaMelo might be uh, kind of redundant as, uh, as guys that need the ball. To, uh, but I think the smart move would still be to take Cade just to have an extra ball handler and, and playmaker. You can never have enough of those, but I could see Jordan going with a center since their centers are absolute trash right now. I think they got Zeller and, my guy Biombo, which I, I like Biombo, but like, he's not a he's not a starting center in the NBA anymore. And, no, he, uh, he's a 12, 10 minute a night matchup person, right. six yeah. fouls dude now. A blocker shot and do the Matumbo finger wag, and like <laughs> he's fun, but like you don't want to you don't want to play these guys heavy minutes. And uh, and Mobley could come in and and spread the floor for other guys. They they can hope that Hayward can stay healthy for a full season and. And they would be a playoff team if they added either of those guys. They should have been a playoff team this year. They just got uh, injured to, to hell. Yeah, well, I, I'm actually not a big fan of LaMelo Ball. So I hope they don't win the lottery. And I hope that he stays there. And I think he had, like, a very promising rookie season. And, like, I think his passing and his vision is really good. I just offensively don't think he's good. And I think his shooting was way higher than it actually should will be as he – gets older here in the league and defenses start to actually like he's going to become a shooter yeah it I, never I, happens hard, hardly ever yeah I, I i just yeah maybe i just have like a prejudice against him because of his dad i don't know but <laughs> uh because his dad is like a, such a dick but i uh, never lost never <laughs> lost <laughs> um but anyways yeah i'm cheering against them heavily so i hope they don't get the lottery i hope they 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 move down, so which means San Antonio, Indiana, or Golden State moves up. Uh, but yeah, so what would it mean for San Antonio to get the number one overall pick? Man, it might mean Popovich hangs around a lot longer <laughs> if he could uh, if he could have another guy to, to to make another run with. Maybe we get Popovich coaching in his eighties. Uh, I would love it. Yeah, I'm actually I I would not mind San Antonio moving from twelfth to one um, because. They have a lot of good complimentary young players, but they need that star. They need that next Duncan. 
and Cade Cunningham, I don't know him that well, but he's like kind of, he reminds me a lot of Tracy McGrady, like he's mild mannered in his face, facial expression and stuff like that. When, when the moment gets really big, or like Kawhi Leonard, when the moment gets really big at Oklahoma uh, State, he kind of got a little bit fired up in the NCAA tournament, but for the most part, he's pretty even keeled. And I wonder if he'd get along well with Pop or not. And uh, it would be awesome if they could get another superstar that would stay there for a long time in that franchise. Like being very sentimental, of course, but yeah. Well, I think everyone kind of has reverence for Pop. So I think he'd come in and uh, that's the difference with a lot of these franchises franchises you get rookies that come into some franchises and they they think they can shoot as much as they want and 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 do whatever the hell they want and not listen to vets and it's like this is my team now if you come in as a rookie to san antonio you know things don't work that way there and there's a there's an order to everything and you have to listen and earn your stripes and and that's the way it should be and uh it'd be whoever whatever rookie gets picked by san antonio is uh, no matter where they are in the draft is uh, is ahead of the game for that for those reasons. Yeah, and they actually have like the one of the youngest, if not the youngest, roster in the NBA. And Lamarcus Aldridge obviously retired because of the heart condition, and then Demar Derozan's a free agent, so he won't be back. So the, I think they'll definitely have the youngest roster in the league, and they're they have a decent roster. So I think it'd be interesting if they if San Antonio moved up into the top four, even like didn't even have to get the first pick, just the top four somehow. But they only have a 1.7 chance for the top pick and a two four two point as high as a 2.4% chance for the fourth pick. So it's not likely, but it'd be crazy if it did uh, did happen. Uh, 13th pick, if they don't move up, is Indiana. They got a 1% chance. What would it mean for Indiana to move up and get the first pick? Well, Indiana is another place that struggles to, to get free agents and uh, and that kind of thing. But... They are, they they are, they do make good trades, and uh, they they have a crafty uh, GM there, that's uh, that's done well making uh, making deals, and they got to fix their coaching situation. Obviously, <laughs> buddy, the nurse's uh, assistant there. They got yeah, hired. Nate, I got his name. Nate Bork, Bork, Borkren, right? Borkren. He's uh, fired already. He's so great X and O's guy, but not a people person. You got to get someone that the players actually like or respect and can communicate well. Um, but but if they get the, they have actually a pretty talented overall roster. Um, that would tie it in really well getting another player they would definitely take Cade because they're they have a log jam at center already so they wouldn't need to add Mobley to that mix and uh and they got plenty of guys that can shoot the rock man they'd be a really good team there they have the, some of the best depth in the league as well I think if you look top to bottom if they can stay healthy they have a lot of injury prone guys but yeah, yeah. that would be huge obviously it's gonna be huge for any of these franchises but a, a team that was uh a fringe playoff team like Indiana, they were close. They were in the play-in. Um, man, they'd be they'd they'd be kind of like the Raptors. They'd jump right up there at the in the and challenge the top of the East if they got a high pick. Well, I think without even the pick, just getting a better coach that works better with that roster and that team, they're going to be a top four team in the East next year. So you put a top pick on there, and I think they are one of the top three or four or five teams in the league. And they would be incredible. I'm really hoping they don't get it because I don't think they deserve it. They don't need it. But um, it would be crazy for them if they did. The last one we have is basically a miracle chance. It's Golden State at 0.5% getting the first overall pick. You've kind of alluded earlier that you think the NBA would be basically rigging it for Steph. The fix is in (laughs) if Steph gets the number one pick. 
<laughs> but how awesome would that be? You got a backcourt of Steph and Clay starting. You got Cade coming out and coming off the bench. I've done it so many times at NBA Live or NBA uh, 2K. <laughs> it, it would be so good. And then you got Draymond and you got Wiggins. And then they'll piece together some other center, whoever, or Wiseman comes back. And their small ball lineup wouldn't like would basically have Kid Cunningham with the three with Draymond and Wiggins. That would be a sick, sick lineup. That would be the lineup of death again. That would be amazing. Where do they flip it for a win now guy? Cade, he's gonna come in good. He won't be quite all-star level, obviously, his rookie year. That's really rare. And if he is, then that's awesome. Like, uh, that'd be amazing. But I, I, he'll probably need a year or two before he gets to that level. Knowing that Steph is at the end of, uh, of his prime, they might have a window of two years. Do they just go out and say, hey, let's go get a disgruntled star, prime off of some other team and pair him and, and win it all now this way? Well, here, here's the thing I throw out. Minnesota is not very good. Things, things are not going well. Carl Anthony Towns is probably getting disgruntled, as we talked about earlier. Golden State somehow moves up, gets the first overall pick. They take him, the first overall pick, with Wiggins and trade Wiggins back to Minnesota for Towns. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that could work. Towns would be sweet on a pick and pop with uh, with Curry. It'd be a man. The, the the threes that team would rain would be insane. Yeah, because they, they need a, a they need a big guy. Toughen Towns up a bit. Yeah, or here's a more realistic move because uh, I don't think Minnesota is going to want Wiggins back. They take Wiseman with the first overall pick and cap filler of some sort, and they trade him for another star. And the name that he moves around all the time is Bradley Beal, but I don't think. Bradley Beal would be what they would want or need as much. Yeah, well, if Clay's back to anything close to what he was before, it kind of makes Beal like he'd be a luxury. Like he he'd be fine there. Obviously, <laughs> he would fit in fine, bombing threes. But they don't. They like they wouldn't need him. And getting a man, but he might be available. So it's basically whoever's available. But if you're dangling the number one pick, then a lot of people all of a sudden become available. Because then you're looking at, okay, I'm trading this, an established star that has maybe three years left in his deal for a guy I can control for the f- foreseeable future. So if uh, they were dangling Cade in a deal, my goodness, they could probably get anybody from any of these uh, other than like a Zion or a Luca or something. But a lot of these other stars that wouldn't uh, you wouldn't think that were tradable, they'd be on the roster. Well, see, I, I would actually, because there's not a good fit and I don't think there's any good stars that would be available and you say, okay, well, maybe even Damian Lillard they might be able to get. But again, it doesn't fit well for their team. Though, <laughs> putting Clay the three and having Dame and Steph both pulling up from half court, <laughs> that would be so <laughs> sick. Uh, like I just, I salivate at the chance to watch that every uh, every night. But what I would do is I would keep Cade Cunningham if they were somehow able to pull it off because he'll be good. Like he'll be contributor right away and he'll be an all-star within like his third year. And then he'll be able to keep and prop up Thompson, Green, and Steph as they get a bit older. And Steph's still going to be a lights-out shooter. So then rather than him creating off the pick and roll, he'll go to the corner. Clay will go in the other corner. And Draymond will still be that playmaking guy and taking one shot a game or scoring two points and just yelling at everybody. And he'll run the pick and roll with Cade Cunningham. That's what I could see happening if they were somehow able to move up and get the first pick. Yeah, realistically, like if they for the long term of the franchise, you want to keep Cade. 
but if you're tempted with a win now and if someone comes with an offer that man it's it's like the championship's there if we do this they might be tempted to do it with the with Steph uh, at the, at closer to the end but it'd be interesting that'd be a man if that happens the NBA will go nuts and the conspiracy theorists will be going crazy as well they'll be the frozen envelope all over again <laughs> Well, like there's already been so many times, like when Chicago won it, when New Orleans got Anthony Davis, when they just happened to be bought by the Benson family like a month earlier, and then they get Anthony Davis dropped into their lap. And um, what team do you want winning the lottery? Uh, well, neither of my teams, I'm a Suns and Celtics guy, are are in that position. They both made the playoffs, so. Uh, so I, I basically got to think what would be the most fun for the league. And, uh, and I think OKC needs, needs to get Cade. I think that'd be great for the league. They're a fun up and coming team. They got a lot of Canadians there as well. Um, <laughs> I got my boy Dort in SGA. Uh, and I think if they add Cade, that's a team that's going to be great for a long time. And especially if they uh, end up getting Houston's pick as well. Ooh, that that's a that's that, I think that's the best. That's who I'm cheering for. Give it to OKC. Sam Presti. He's a he's a, he's tanked better than anyone in history. So let him let him do his thing. Uh, well, I would strongly disagree with that. Um, trust the process is by far. <laughs> Sam Hankey was by far the best tanker. Like right. he even has Hankey, something. That's right. So I, I would say that Sam Presti has done a good tank here. Like, but, but Hankey missed on a. Uh, Hinky missed on a bunch of those draft picks. Like, yeah, that, that's true. Those, but like, I was gonna say, years they tank, they got two right out of like, what was it, seven or something? But think about it. Like, Philadelphia is a like it's a blood sport. They'll boo Santa. They'll boo anybody. They'll boo their own players after a little while. He was able to get the fan base to have like three or four years where they were horrendously bad, and the fans were cheering for it. Like, he he is the tank expert. He he got everyone to buy in, and that's I think that was incredible him to be able to pull that off so here is my like what i would love to see and what i'm hoping happens i would love to see toronto move up and get number one but that's because i'm a raptors fan and i want them for the league i have one of two things i think would be good i agree with the okc moving up and getting number one i think would be good but i would also love for golden state to get number one <laughs> just because of all the drama, everything else like that. And I think it would be awesome to put him with Clay and Steph. And then it would create another super team and it would be so good. And they would then battle the Lakers because the Lakers would load up. And then one of those teams would come out of the West or the Clippers too and stuff. And then one of them would take off the Nets, like Kevin Durant going against them next year in the finals or something like that. I think it would just be so good for matchups. Um, I'm going to give you my entire order of who I, how I want the draft to go down. Okay. So I want Toronto to get number one. Uh, I want Golden State, their 14th pick, to move up to number two and get number two. I want OKC to get number three with their pick. Then I want the Minnesota pick to land number four, which means that it goes to Golden State. And then I want the Houston pick to end up number five, so then it goes to OKC. So then Toronto will get number one, and Golden State gets two, four, and OKC gets three, five. And then... You want all the things to cash out. You want all the teams to get screwed over and, and all the others. <laughs> I think one of them, maybe two of them will happen. I don't think all three is going to happen. 
oh, the chances of this happening, like a better chance of winning the lottery multiple times in a week than this actually happening. Well, the the Golden State ones, they're not getting number one, but they could move up with the the Minnesota deal, right? Yeah, with the Minnesota pick, yeah. Um, But Internet connection is unstable. uh, Yeah. Um, One thing I think would be interesting, though, is if Golden State stays at, 14 and then they also get the fourth pick and they get it from minnesota do they package those two together and actually try to move up and get the second pick or the first pick and get a mobley or get a Cade cunningham if that's on the table and then you get okc at one and five i think would be incredibly awesome and the other thing i had too was orlando if they get their seventh and ninth pick and they actually get the chicago pick that's pretty good for their rebuild too and do they package those together and try to move up and get a star or do they take two reasonably reasonably decent players at seven and nine i'm hoping okc starts cashing out some of these guys otherwise if you sit on those things too long you look like a fool just like danny ainge where he never ever really cashed them out when he could have to added that third or fourth guy he 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 landed on a couple picks obviously tatum and brown but if you if you wait too long on the on the picks then you, you just have a bunch of assets that never turn into anything so I hope they make a move and uh, and try to try to boot the, speed this process up. That's what I'm hoping. They, be a, I think they should be the trade guys, if anybody. So can I? I'm gonna throw a trade at you, since you're talking about that. OKC has SGA, and he's got um, three one year left he's his third year in the league so he's got one year left he's extension eligible this offseason okc will probably throw money at him and then they have lou dort i don't know if you knew, know lou dort's contract uh oh, just before the bubble four years and like six million dollars or five oh, and yeah, a half million it's insane league minimum they, yeah like basically league minimum for four years so they got him super cheap they got pokashevsky who's just uh probably making he probably makes more money than how much he weighs but He's on a super cheap deal. And they have all these, like, Baisley and all these other guys that are really cheap. By the time SGA gets, like, decent, it'll be three or four years. Like, sorry, by the team that by the time the team gets decent, it'll be three or four years from now, and SGA will be frustrated and everything else like that. Here's something I would consider if I was OKC. Golden State has the fourth overall pick, let's say, from Minnesota. And OKC, let's say doesn't get the Houston pick and they get their own pick and it drops it to six. So they have four, they have six, six overall and they don't get the Houston pick. Do they golden state offer the four and 14th? So the Minnesota pick and the 14th pick for SGA, who, as we were talking about with Cade Cunningham, he might be a few years where SGA is good to go. Now he's still on a rookie deal for one more year before he needs an extension. And then, OKC gets the fourth pick, the sixth pick, let's say that's where they land fourth or fifth, and then the 14th pick. And then they can take some of those and package them together and try to move up. They maybe get that first overall pick. If I'm OKC, I'm saying thanks for the offer, but we're good. We got to keep our best player. I don't think you want to you want to move off him. He's a guy that uh, is kind of a, a bird in hand better than the bird in the bush. You don't know for sure what these other draft picks are going to be. So you can draft them and you think you're going to hit, but you don't know. You already know you got something with SGA. And uh, he had that year with Chris Ball. He learned all, he, he got so much better since then as well. He's getting better every year. He was a, he was a guy that uh, had all-star consideration before he got hurt, obviously. 
I think you got to keep him. And uh, unless it's a, a number one or two, you got to say no. Okay, so what about Wiseman and let's say the fourth pick or sixth pick, the Minnesota pick for Shea? Oh, man. So then you're looking at a, a solid center and then maybe Suggs or Green, one of the Jalens. Yeah, or Kamanga. That's that. Yeah, or maybe come on. Yeah, you could go that route for yeah, Shea. I, I think. I think. Oh, because like the timeline with Shea doesn't work as well, and then it works well with Golden State. Golden State. Old man. Come on, he's not that old. He's no, like no, but 24. it's like he, he. No, exactly. No, he's not even that. He's twenty-two, I think. But he's going to be three or four or five years on the road by the time OKC is actually good. In all re- yeah, they, in reality, they can get good with trading other assets. I don't think they need to trade their their best ones. They don't need to trade their players. They need to trade their their picks and uh, and bring in established players with their picks and and some of their dead contracts like Horford, right? They got they could package three future firsts or as many as they want with Horford, bring back like a really good player right away. Okay, so here's another one I'll throw at you then. Let's say Chicago right. moves up in the top four. They keep their own pick. They offer a trade of their top four pick. And let's say it's like third or fourth. Let's say it's fourth. For th- and, and along with Thaddeus Young, Thomas Sadoransky, who are both non, on non-guaranteed deals, and Colby White to Washington for Bradley Beal. Does Washington say no to that or yes? Well, Washington's got to say yes, don't they? Like, they're, oh man, that's a lot. That's a, that's a haul. So you get the Colby White, who's got pretty good hot upside. Yeah, and then you, did you say the third overall, third or fourth so then, overall pick, whatever they get, and they get Thaddeus Young and Sadoransky who are on non-guaranteed deals. So then they lose; they basically shed twenty million dollars in salary as well. Well, Sadoransky, you might be able to flip him for a second or something. I think Thad Young has good, really good value. I think the Bulls should probably keep him. He works works well in their system, but they can maybe find salary filler elsewhere. But um, that's. Uh, That'd be tempting, man. That'd be tempting for if Washington, if Beal wants out, that would be a, a solid package. That'd be a solid package. But uh, I don't know if he works well with uh, <laughs> with another shoot first guy in Levine. Like, is there enough ball between those two? There, they play the same position essentially. Yeah, well, Chicago's all in. They're desperate. So, like, if they could get another star and have that uh, again, I'm saying very lightly a. Uh a three-headed monster with Vucevic, um, like a big three of Vucevic, Beal, and Levine. Like they might just try and to throw they, anything they can they and get talent. Their, they got their rookie uh, small forward, the defensive guy, I forgot his name, but he's. they got a couple guys that can just fill in the cracks and play defense and do all the little things. And yeah, maybe, maybe it'd work. Just go all offense. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And uh, Beal, Beal as Point Beal, when uh, whenever Wall was out in the in the past or Westbrook, he actually looks really really good that in that situation. But but then you're then you're thinking, man, is Levine gonna get all jelly and say, no, this is my team? So the the dynamic of two similar uh, like basically both shooting guards <laughs> sharing the ball that's that's the interesting part of it. Okay, so here's another one then. Uh, let's like, and and you're talking about Patrick Williams. I, I don't think they're going to trade him. He was their fourth no, overall pick last no, year. No, I, I like Patrick Williams there. He's a good, he's like a good glue guy that has a pretty high ceiling. I think. 
yeah, I would. I think it works well for what they're gonna need, like need, and like somebody that doesn't need the ball. What if a Chicago then offers the fourth overall pick? Let's say they get the fourth overall pick, Thaddeus Young, Thomas Adaransky for Pascal Siakam. Does Toronto say yes or no to that? Ooh, Toronto. Well, Masai's got a soft spot for Pascal. He brought him. <laughs> he brought him from basically uh, uh, the G League on up, right? So, oh man. You got to be tempted if you're Toronto, because what is Siakam? He's 28. Yeah, he's old now, so he came. Yeah, he's uh, 26, 27. So he's kind of in his prime right now, and he's had a rough year this past year and in the bubble. And teams have kind of figured him out. You can make an argument against, like, against keeping him in that regard. Yeah, well, as the man, he's not the man. That's that's the main thing that was established at the end of games. He obviously came up short a ton of times and. And uh, yeah, in the bubble, he wasn't, he got shut down by Jalen Brown for, for goodness sake, that shouldn't have happened, but he did. Um, so like you said, he got figured out, but as a third wheel, man, just running the court, playing defense, hitting open shots, running and dunking and getting the sweet spot where he doesn't have to be like a one-on-one guy and an ISO guy, which is not his strength, man, he'd be great. So that would be a good deal for uh win now Chicago. And and if Toronto want, wanted to keep rebooting it, say Kyle Lowry's gone and they're just like, all right, we're going to go young and, and go another direction, maybe. But I still think uh, I think Siakam's probably better than whoever is going to be in the, the third or fourth. I don't know if anybody outside well, – there might be. I don't know. I don't think Toronto does it. I think they keep, uh, I think they keep Siakam, but they'd be tempted for sure if they're going to reboot. Okay, I got one more for you here. Marvin Bagley. I'm going to say yes to this no matter what because I've been a negative Nancy. So <laughs> well, no, no, yes I got. Right I have more other trades coming in a little bit here, but this is the last one where it's like you have to kind of think about it. Marvin Bagley is going to probably get dealt. I think it's not a matter of if it's where and when from Sacramento. So does Sacramento take their ninth, realistically their ninth overall pick, which is where they're projected to get? They'll probably end up around there or May 10th, and package that with Marvin Marvin Bagley to Boston and Boston's got to shake stuff up for Marcus smart for smart. Well, now that they are back with their log jam of, of guards, but smart would certainly bring some toughness to that team. Um, if I'm the Celtics, I might roll the dice just to, cause smarts can only have one year left in that deal before he's a, a free agent and going to want to, really get paid because he's never had a big contract you know Ainge dishes out contracts nice and cheap so uh so if i'm the celtics to get a, a decent pick you said it was a top 10 yeah it, well it should be ninth if they don't move their position yeah i'm i'm probably doing that with the celtics and, and taking a flyer on bagley i think uh i think he has potential still he, he doesn't play a lick at d but man you've seen some offensive potential out of him and uh, and whoever the new coach is, if they can figure out how to use them properly, I th- like the potential's there. And to get something for a smart, a top ten pick, I would I would pull the trigger as a Celtics guy, um, just because they got to do something to shake it up and get in the top ten pick for smart and a flyer on Bagley, who, who does have potential still, just needs a new new some new scenery and a new coach and new teammates it might make make the world a difference for him. So. I'm pulling the trigger. If I'm Sacramento, um, 
I probably want to have another deal lined up for healed to bring back something else. I don't healed was uh, kind of, uh, yeah, <laughs> he was a uh, negative Nancy for sure. When, when uh, old uh, Bogdanovich was still in house and they were kind of fighting for minutes and sometimes he's a six man and sometimes he wasn't, if he could get over his ego and those three could uh, rotate, that'd be a really good backcourt because smart brings all the intangibles that, uh, that those guys don't have. And he brings some toughness that the Kings would sor sorely need. So uh, the Kings, they probably don't do that, but if they want to try to make a run for the playoffs, that might be a, a, a good move since whoever they get it, and ninth is, isn't going to be a needle mover. Okay. Um, the next one's here is basically who says no to this deal. All right. Philadelphia sends Ben Simmons to New Orleans for, for Brandon Ingram and their pick, which is likely 10th overall. Who says no? And their pick. So they want Ingram and the pick. Ingram and 10th overall for Ben Simmons. Oh, man. I got to say no if I'm... Uh... Just fit-wise, New Orleans, unless they have a third team, because I do think Simmons has uh, probably better overall uh, talent and, and stealing than Ingram, even though he can't shoot. But I think if you if you just made it based a team around him, I think he we've seen in Philly regular season anyways that he could just just go. So I think that would work on a different team. So if they brought in a third team, then uh, then I think they would do it to get someone that fit better next to Zion. Simmons does not fit next to Zion. So if it's just a one for one and the pickup, I'm saying no, if I'm New Orleans, I'm saying yes in a heartbeat if I'm Philly. Really? Philly? They need some shooting. Ingram can shoot the ball. Okay, okay, fair enough. Fair enough, yeah. Okay, next one. Who says no? Ben Simmons again, this time to Cleveland for Kevin Love and their pick, which is fifth or sixth overall probably. <laughs> well, Cleveland says yes really, really quick to get off of that. They only have to give a fifth. And that. Kevin Love. Yeah, well, Kevin Love's kind of the afterthought on that one. They got, they're like, okay, we'll take Simmons. Now we've got someone to build around because we don't. We never had anyone before. Simmons has some injury issues and stuff like that, but he's still young and he's got a ton of upside. And even with his his reluctance to shoot and his free throw woes and all that kind of stuff, the the good far outweighs the bad. And whoever the fifth pick is isn't going to be isn't going to be as good as Ben Simmons. So I'm pulling the trigger right now. See, I think it's I think so it's I, a great deal for Philly though. Like. Kevin Love would fit in so well with Embiid pushed up Isaiah to the three. They'd have a big front line. They'd rebound so well. Defensively, they might be in trouble a little bit. And then they get the fifth or sixth pick or the fourth pick or whatever it would be. And they're going to get a really good player too, another blue chip player. And I'd want more than just the one pick. I'd want, I want more. If, if you look at some of the deals for guys, like look what Drew Holiday fetched in that deal. That just a ton of picks. Look at, Look at I know I know he's not on the level of uh, of Anthony Davis, but he's probably pretty close to Paul George, and they got a ton of picks in that. So I would ask for future picks as well to to make it work. But I, yeah, on the court wise, you could see it working. They could maybe Love is a bit of a reclamation project with what he maybe he can still contribute, but he's been injured a lot in the last couple of years, and you know he can still shoot and and he has championship experience so you can bring that to the table uh i don't know if you can defensively having two bigs like that nowadays that's tough i think love might be better suited as a stretch five to be honest on 
on, on most most courts. I guess Embiid would have to guard the quicker guy, which he could, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just Kevin Love cannot shot block at all. So then he just that rim runs like crazy. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, and Kevin Love, I, I'm not sold on him, but I think he, he need more than the fifth pick to to get Simmons for sure. But if if they wanted to do the like the Harden kind of thing, just like okay, I want all your picks, then yeah, let's do, let's go. Okay, here here's another interesting one. So, I don't know if you know, but Bradley Beal has one year left, and he can opt out. So, Washington has a real tough decision to make this year if they want to keep him or not. And if they keep him next offseason, he could be gone for nothing. So, Washington trades Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal to Brooklyn for Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris. Who says no? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I think uh, Washington says no. <laughs> Kyrie Irving is uh, so like they on get- his own. He should, well, I think they can get a, a better haul. Uh, I know it's a package deal, and like Joe Harris is, he's just kind of an afterthought in this deal. Like he's a talented role player, but uh, there's three guys in here with all-star pedigree and then there's joe harris so i don't unless uh i don't think there's much to add for the nets i think they already traded all their assets away in the harden deal so i don't think they could add much to get it done so the nets would be like oh yeah we'll dig we'll dig bradley beal and westbrook for uh Kyrie and harris i think they i think they do that in a heartbeat even if even if uh westbrook and kd may still have beef or whatever i think they'd get over it really quick when they win 73 games so for Washington, like, what if Bradley Beal is going to leave? So now you're going to be stuck with Russell Westbrook. When in reality, you can trade them now, and you can get off Westbrook's contract, get Kyrie Irving, and then you can flip him for something else if you want to do a rebuild. And Joe Harris, who's very serviceable and people, he's in demand. He has lots of value. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, but I don't know how much you can flip Kyrie for. I think you can get just something straight straight up uh, for Bradley Beal on its own, eat the Westbrook money, keep him around. Uh, or maybe, maybe you can flip Westbrook to a desperate team like the Celtics for Kemba and some picks or something like that. Um, but uh, <laughs> Or send Kyrie back to take, the Celtics. I'll, I'll take Westbrook for Kemba. <laughs> Kemba's broken. I'll take, I'll take Westbrook and his craziness <laughs> that plays every day over Kyrie that, or sorry, Kemba that plays every other day and is only good every third game. But anyways, uh, you know, yeah, Washington, they probably got to do something. I don't know if they can get value for Westbrook. Uh, they can definitely get value for Beal. And looking at some of the trades, I don't think you need to trade for another all-star. I think you can, unless it's a younger one that's under contract, like Ingram, that one, that one makes some sense and get some draft picks as well. I think that's what they should do. If, but I don't think they should go for another aging one in Kyrie and, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not that big on on Harris. <laughs> he's he's perfect in his role. All he has to do is bomb away, which is fine. But uh, I don't think he brings a ton of value in in the trade market at that contract. Yeah, he is making 18 million, but he I I, I he would bring back something because people want his shooting ability. He's one of the best shooters in the league. I just think it would be awesome to have like OKC round two and you had Beal in there and you got the dynamics of like Russell Westbrook <laughs> oh and KD together and so like, it would be so dysfunctional. <laughs> it would, 
Nash literally could just fall asleep in games and wake up and say, how much did we win by? Like, I don't. Th- I don't think it would be like that. Like I think Russell Westbrook is very counterproductive. I think Russell Westbrook's not even a top fifty player in the league. If you want to win, <laughs> talent wise, he is, but he's just like so selfish, huge ego, and he's so counterproductive to winning that you put him in that thing, and he's gonna have like his huge ego, and like he's gonna fight with the ball with James Harden and Kevin Durant, and then Bradley Beal's gonna be like, "What the hell am I doing here?" And it would be so good. <laughs> I think I think they'd figure it out with that much talent that they'd just be winning games and everyone could eat. Um, either way, I know Westbrook uh, is really polarizing. I'm I've uh, I got a soft spot for him because that guy tries so freaking hard and he's so competitive. So I want him on my side if I have if I have a choice. Even though he he is sometimes detrimental to the team with his decision making and shot shot selection and such, but um, I think with the right situation, he can still be effective, but it has to be tailored for him, kind of like Iverson, where uh, he needs to be in the right with the right makeup and build around him for him to, for him to do his thing. So, yeah, as a third or fourth, he'd be the fourth wheel on that team. That wouldn't be ideal for him because he wants to be the man, right? So, yeah. Um, but with that much talent, there's no way they could lose. That's just so much ridiculous talent. Okay, so I got one more for you. So Damian Lillard like has gone through a lot in Portland and started like throwing a little hint here and there that he might eventually want out here pretty quick if they don't start winning and things get improved. So here's one. Damian Lillard to Denver mm. for Michael Porter Jr., Will Barton, mm. Aaron Gordon, their 2021 draft pick, which will be in the 20s, and a pick swap in 2022 because they're 2023 picks trade and stuff like that. And they could do another pick swap down the line at like 2024, I think, but that would be about it. Now Who says talking. no to that? Now you're talking. I'm uh man. I think we might have a deal here, man. I think Portland should try to do something. I don't know what they can do. Uh, their current GM is saying, Oh, the coaching change. That's probably enough, but we all know that's not enough. I, I think if they want to cash out on, on Lillard, now's the time. He's He was just went God mode in the last playoffs, basically, other than the, the last little bit in the in the closeout game against Denver. Lillard and, like, I don't know how that works with, with Murray and them, but, man, those that's a big three that uh, wouldn't be wouldn't be stopped on against any team, man. That they would just pick you apart and the firepower that those three would have. You got to say yes. If you're Denver, um, Portland, you're still trading away the face of your franchise, arguably the best blazer ever. Uh, Clyde Drexler and, and uh, Bill Walton have a say in that obviously, but uh, man, that would be a good rebuild depending on how you view Michael Porter jr. Which I'm pretty high on. I think he's a, uh, he has potential to be kind of KD light with the, with his length and shooting touch. And obviously he's not a playmaker at all. And defensively he's light years behind, but uh, he's, he's improved defensively and his offensive game has made a huge jump this last year. That might be some, man, he's also has that terrible uh, track record out of college. He was all broken, right? So yeah, he's got a major back injury. If his medical comes back and you have faith, then then maybe you pull the trigger. But uh, that's that's a pretty good haul. And then you could, if he's the centerpiece, you keep him, and then you flip uh, 
flip Aaron Gordon and some of the other guys and just start rebuilding. That's not a bad thing. You can trade CJ McCollum and just do a full reset and, uh, and go young and make Porter one of your centerpieces. If they're going to do it, that's a, that's a decent guy to have. Cause I, I think Porter's got a, a huge upside and, uh, and he's just scratching the surface of what he can become. If I'm Porter, uh, he probably wants to be the man somewhere else. Cause that's even last year when he was like, what is he a second year guy? He was already talking about wanting more shots and stuff in the bubble. And uh, maybe that would be a great opportunity for him, but realistically he should probably want to stay with Joker. He doesn't have to really think out there. He just has to run around and, and uh, get spoon fed buckets all day. And, and uh, it's a great situation. So not that he has a say in the trade, but I think, yeah. Denver does it, pulls the trigger, boom, that's done. They're like, okay, we get Lillard, the a top 10 player in the league right now. Top five MVP probably in last season. Let's go. Let's do it. So everyone, like every analysis I've heard it, they love Michael Porter. And every time I watch him, so first of all, he does have some injury concerns. And every time I watch him, he has some flashes offensively of being a good player, but he kind of just floats around. He can't handle pressure, and eventually he'll become a better scorer and stuff. But his defense, like defensively, he is horrendously bad. So I don't think he, like I'm saying it right now, I don't think he's going to be a great player. I think he's going to be injury prone and or be kind of like a bust. And like I would put him in the Brandon Ingram mode where he's going to put points on the board, but his teams are not going to win. They're not going to be successful. And... I really think Denver this year needs to trade Porter Jr. And his ego, too, is huge. They, they need to trade Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. You wondered if it was just Orlando, him looking bad, but Aaron Gordon is just bad. His IQ is so low. Like his IQ is like at a grade nine level. He's just an athletic specimen. Yeah, but you need these athletic specimens to go with Joker because he can make those guys, he can basically control them like he's playing 2K and make them look good. <laughs> to a certain extent, but you need guys that are kind of being more. If I were them, I'd trade Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. Like that gets them to 20 million right there. If they throw Will Barton, and that's another, I, I like Will Barton. He was looking good there in the playoffs when he came back. But that's about 30 some million. They can go get any player for that. And I think they need to trade Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon this year and try to get something of value for them because Porter Jr. right now everyone's salivating salivating over him being this amazing player and I think he's going to be a huge bust so I really hope Denver pulls the plug on gets something good for him well the injury concern is real I don't I don't doubt his uh his love of the game and his and his desire to get better because he's shown he's made jumps already and he should he's a young player but uh, I don't have a problem with the ego. I, I like guys with a bit of an edge and a bit of an ego. I think that they might be a little better than they are because uh, they're. Uh, you want to go. You want to go to war with guys that think they're that think they're going to make the next shot. That think that they're the the best player on the floor. Because I don't know, the defense is a concern. Denver can't stop anyone. Uh, they they really, but realistically, if they had Jamal Murray. They have probably beaten my sons, or at least it's going seven. It's going to go deep. Yeah. So maybe they just run it back, wait for Murray to get healthy. I, he should be back mid-season next year, right? And uh, and try it again. They it's it's not like they're going to lose any of these guys. Uh, I think Gordon's under contract for 
the at least I think he's got two more years. No, no, Gordon's got one? one more year left at seventeen million. Oh. All right, well, maybe Gordon, but it's not like he's gonna like get a huge co- co- offer elsewhere. He's not that wanted, I don't think. And Murray won't be back next year. Like, not a, at all. ACL is usually nine to twelve months, but realistically, it's going to be at least nine months. And he got injured in the end of April, so he might come back maybe for playoffs. But it would be like a KD situation, kind of like when they were going to the bubble, and they could put him out there. But I don't think that they probably will. So he'll probably be out for all of next year because they're the season went so late this year, right? Like he didn't get injured till like May, so he'd be coming back right around the playoffs start. All right. Well, maybe a, an all-in move for Lillard might be worth it then. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is, I think it's just an interesting one to uh, to look at going forward in the future for sure. So they, might, they probably have to spice it up with some draft picks too. You know that that uh, they're probably going to ask for the world. Like I know you had a couple of picks in there, that, uh, but they're probably going to ask for all of them. Let's just go all your picks, and then we'll give you Lillard. Yeah, well, like um, they've already lost their 2023 pick, but they could offer like a few pick swaps and another pick because they can only do seven years advanced, uh, seven years in the future. So, and the one thing that everyone keeps keeps forgetting about is in 2022 or 2023. Realistically, I think it's going to be 2023. It's going to be a double draft because they're going to allow high school kids to start coming right out. So, is that the Imani Bates draft? Uh, so Imani, yeah. So in 2023, Imani Bates graduates in 2022. And so does um, uh, Wibben Sala. He's the seven. He's the next like Porzingis guy, sort of like he's seven two seven three from. When's um, uh, When's Bronny Junior? And he he, he's twenty twenty three. So potentially, uh, Amani Bates. If they make it twenty twenty three, when the high school kids can come out, you're gonna have two. Um, uh, you're gonna have Amani Bates. You're gonna have uh, Victor Wibben Sala. However, you say his last name. Um, they're going to both going to be 19 and then you're going to have the load of 2023 kids. So you're going to have like potentially three or four or five. It's going to rival like the 1984 draft, the 19 or sorry, the 2000, well, 1996 draft, the 2003 draft. Like there's going to be three or four or five studs in that draft. And then whatever team drafts Brian Jr. You're probably getting now, I don't know if you want a 38 year old LeBron James, but I think oh, you he'll, would. He'll be more than 38 then, won't he? Uh, he's 36 now. So if you have okay. a couple more years, he'll be. He'll oh, I'll be, take him. I hope the Celtics, that's their target. Get Bronny, get LeBron. <laughs> exactly. So you can deal. And like Bronny you get, can play center. And the crazy thing is like you could get Bronny and let's say like he's like a late first round pick. So you pay him like a million five or something this first year, like 1.5 million or something. Oh, no, he's going to go high because well, maybe the package deal. <laughs> maybe, but then you get LeBron and LeBron's just like. Okay, I'll take your mid level and come for like five, six, seven, eight, nine million, ten million, whatever it is. Like it could be, it could be, it could be a Kawhi Leonard, Paul George situation where teams are like jockeying to try to get up. And I don't know. It, it, all, it, all I'm saying is it could be a loaded draft. So like draft picks now could be huge if they get the 2022 and 2023 draft picks. Um, and in two years from now, we could be talking about the uh, the lottery as like the most imperative thing because of all the talent depending what happens with future picks here over the next few years. So anyways, I wanted to thank you very much for joining us on our first pod. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have you back. Like, obviously you're going to come on for our, our second, our, our second one here. And then uh, we'll have you back throughout and maybe we'll make it like uh, every, every few weeks or a month, you can pop on and be our, our mainstay guest. We'll have to wait and see. Awesome. Andrew, it was a pleasure, my man. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Oh,